But regardless of what you've been told, you are worthy. You are worthy of God's love. Can we say that? I am worthy of God's love. Let's say it one more time. I am worthy of God's love. You need to say that. And I'm, you are worthy to be in his family. You are worthy to be in this family. We love you here. We care for you. You are worthy to be in the place that he has created for you in eternity. You deserve heaven because of Christ. Not because of what you did. Not because of your old life. Not because of your sin. I'm not talking about that. You are worthy and you deserve um, heaven because of salvation. He made you worthy because you were sons and daughters of Christ. And when you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are worthy and you deserve heaven because you've accepted his blood in your life. Regardless of, of, of your past mistakes, you are worthy. Regardless of your past, um, 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 your present situation, you are worthy, period. Or as I think Medea says, period. P-E-R-I-O-D-T, period. You know, um, 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you, um, from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. Now listen to this. This is a, this whole this, a lot of these scriptures. They are just so beautiful. It says, and it was not paid by mere gold or silver, which lose their value. Right? We know uh, right now gold, silver, Bitcoin, all this stuff's going up and down. The dollar value. It says, but it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's what paid. And that will never lose its power, right? Because it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley, and it's that blood that gives me strength. From day to day, it will never lose its power. You know that song? I love it. I sing that song a lot. That's the one that I love that song. Um, and so it, we have the Spirit of God in us, and, and God, when the Spirit of God is in you, it will show, it will show you your sin and humble you. And, he, and it's not a, a condemnation of your sin. It's a conviction that, hey, you really shouldn't do this. This, this, is not what, this is not who you're created to be. So we can repent of it and move on. And he shows us our, our sonship and daughtership to him. Romans 8, 1 and 4 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong in Jesus. There's no con God does not condemn you. Never feel, if you feel condemned at all after you've repented, it is Satan. It is the enemy. It is not God. He convicts. He does not. You are not guilty no more. When the blood of Jesus is applied to your life symbolically, you are not guilty no more. You are not guilty of all that you have done. It's, it's, it's equivalent, whenever you accept Christ in your life, it's equivalent to the, to, to the, the, the judge, not Judge Harvey, but Judge Jesus, and, and saying, saying, we're taking the gavel and having the gavel down and saying, not guilty. Literally. That's exactly what Christ does in heaven. Guilt, not guilty. That's what, that's what God does. So, number two, verse two. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-given spirit has freed you from the power that leads to death. You are free from the power, the presence, and the penalty of sin because you have Christ in your life. You know, we, we have all this, but we walk around so guilty and shameful. And so, and God's like, do you know who you are? It's just like somebody like Michael Jordan walking around saying, man, you're like, Michael, you're the goat. He's like, yeah, I'm okay, I guess. I don't really know. I don't feel I'm that good. No, it don't matter. what, Dude, I've seen you play. You are the goat, right? And he is. And so, so the thing is, we can't walk around as as. as as Christians, it's, it's walking in shame. we got to hold our head up and know that God has died for our sins and we don't have the power, presence, or the penalty of sin. No, verse 3. 
The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. I love that. We, the law couldn't save us because we're, we can't keep the law, right? Because we're so, we're so weak and, and we, we're human, so we can't keep the law. So, so, so the, um, Jesus came and did that. And whenever we, I think Jesus really meets us at some of the weakest points in our life, and he really reveals himself to us during those times uh, um, of our times of need, of being our Savior, our healer, our provider, our comforter. You know, and it's because, why, why? Because of the fact that that's when we normally listen. And that's a shame that we have to get at our lowest point and get in a valley before we hear God. Why? Because when we're on mountain times, things are doing good, going good. We don't pray like we used to. We don't read our Bible because things are going good. When things are going good, I don't need to pray. I don't need, no, 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 dear friend. We have to continuously do this and walk in a place where God can always speak to us and show us who he is even when we're not in need. That's, that's a, that is uh, against us. That's against us as Christians whenever we have only hear from God when we're in the valley. It's a shame that we as Christians that claim Jesus Christ is king, the only time we hear of him is when we're going through a hard spell and we need him. Okay, and then, then it goes on to say, and he sent his son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4. He did this so that the just requirements of the law would be fully satisfied for us. So no longer, we, um, so who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. There had, the law required, if there's sin, there has to be a sacrifice. And so he came um, to not do away with the law, to fulfill the law. Hey, I've got an eternal sacrifice. I'm going to give my life as an eternal sacrifice. There never has to be another sacrifice again because I'm giving my life. And his blood was spotless. It wasn't like the other lambs and stuff that was coagulated and had to replenish every year. It was a one and, one and done kind of situation. Romans 8 and 10. And Christ lives within you, so even your body will die because of sin. The Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God or righteousness in God. You can come to God just the way you are. You don't have to wait till you get it all, all together. You know, He's waiting with open arms for you. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, you're saying, well, our, our body's dying because of sin, I thought, but I'm saved. Okay, here it is. What I'm saying, your soul saved, right? Your spirit saved, but our flesh is dying because of this world. Our flesh is just a tent, right? And so what happens is, is that, that this world, the sin of this world and things of this world makes us weak and makes us older. And, but our spirit is running alive and renewed. Whenever you die, I don't care if you're 157 years old, um, your, your spirit and your, your soul is just as alive as it was when you were 20. It's our body that decays. Our body is, is what, 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 what is, um, is um, that this world takes a hold of. You know, and I love that you can come in this house. Remember, anybody remember this song? This is another old one here. It says, you don't have to leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, or tormented, sick or lame. You know, the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You don't have to leave here like you came in Jesus' name. And, 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 and the shameful thing is, there's so many people that come to churches all across America that leave just like they came. You know, they don't have to. You know, but, 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 but they do because they just come in, they're not engaging, they're not, they're not really interested, or they're just there just to do their duty, just to say, I went to church, to, feel the, to fulfill their commitment, do what they got to do, and then they move. But the thing is, is God's like, you know what, if you, if you are um, bound, tormented, sick, or lame, you don't have to leave like that. 
You know, that's why, that's why I'm so excited that in, you know, in the past 14, I mean, in the past uh, um, two, two months, eight to, t- eight to ten weeks, we've had either in this room or associated with this room through, through in different situations that we've had, wherever it may be at, we've had about 14 people receive Christ in the past eight, eight to ten weeks. So praise God for that. And that may be somebody, you know, that may be like the five that were here saved at Christmas or the two, I mean, at Easter. It was five saved at Easter, a couple after that. And then there's other times that I've been places I led somebody to Christ or, or whatever. It's still you. If I lead them or you lead them, it's us, right? We're a team. So if, so if I lead somebody to Christ as a pastor, I want you to know you get, oh, Jesus, praise God. That's what you do. You don't cuss. You just start praising God. That's what you do. When stuff happens, you just start praising God. Oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. That's what I do. So, so, but the thing is, is that, that, that whenever we're on the same team, so if you, if you do something good and you get blessed, man, I want to rejoice. If you're sad, that's what the scripture says to do. When, when, when one rejoices, rejoice with them. When one weeps, cries, cry with them. Romans 8 and 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Now listen, y'all have to get this today. Please get this today if you don't get nothing else. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus was dead. Wrapped. Three days, okay? This is that same Jesus um, and the same God raised Jesus from the dead. He will give you life to your mortal bodies by the same living spirit within you. That same spirit that did that is in you today. That's why, you know, I, I can go out and raise it. It can, but that's, that's probably not going to happen. What, what it's talking about is that, that from your old life to your, that, that you can, be, all you got to do is, is, is pray and ask God to forgive you for your sins. And you have that power in you to raise up from the old man into your new man. You have the power to raise, raise yourself out of, of, of all the things, all the sin that's in this world. You have that power, that, that resurrection power to, and through faith and power to rebuke sin, to take authority over that stuff. Because sin put him in the grave, right? Right? And so it says we have that same power to overcome that, and resur- that resurrection power is in us, to resurrect in us, in our old person, in our old man. Think about the power that in that verse alone, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in every situation that you're in. That same spirit gives you power when you're out on the street somewhere to share your testimony. That's the resurrection power that gives you that strength. That same power, that strength gives you that same strength to, to love your spouse. Even when things aren't going right. That same, same spirit gives you the, the power to live an example before your children and let them see Christ in you. You know, that same power, re- resurrection power, gives you the power to, to, to be a good example at, at work and wherever you may go in the stores. That same, that same resurrection power will give you the spirit, or resurrection power for you to be kind at Walmart or at the red light. You, have you seen that, 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 that social media TikTok where someone says, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And the girl says, girl, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so we, we need that. We, you know, that same resurrection power is in you, and that power is in you to help you do things that you can't do in yourself. That's what that resurrecting power is. It's not talking about some kind of crazy stuff. It's saying that, that power in you is working to move and within you and help you handle day-to-day situations. That, that same power is to help you overcome every tragedy, every failure, every fault. That same power can help you raise back up whenever you get down into the valley. That same power helps you raise up to the mountaintop. We've got to get that, guys. That, that's important. That's so important. Romans 8, 12 through 14. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters... You have no obligation to do what the simple nature urges you to do. Just because you have a temptation to sin, you have no obligation to that. That's your old life. 
um, for you live, if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if you live through the power of the Spirit, you put to death by the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So let's be real. Making right choices is not always the easiest, right? For all of us. That's why Paul says, things I want to do, I don't do, and things I don't want to do, I do. Paul, Peter, when Peter, Peter went on, he passed the, the mantle to Paul, and Paul just took it, and Paul was the, the voice, and, and, you know, voice to all the Gentiles. You know? And he's like, man, listen, I understand. I don't got it all together either. You know, he says, I don't know. I don't know everything. He says, but this thing I do know, putting the past behind, pressing forward. He said, look, I don't know everything, but you know what? I really try hard. I got a lot of stuff going on, and I try so hard not to do something, and then I do it. And then there's stuff I want to do, and I don't do. I mean, so that's, that's again, that's, that's Paul saying, look here, guys. I'm human. We, listen, we can do this. We got to do it together. But the Holy Spirit that lives inside you will give you that power to walk through that process. Um, Isaiah 32 and 17, and the righteousness will bring peace and will bring quietness and confidence forever. So it says, and this righteousness with peace. This righteousness, I often say righteousness means right standing with God. Your right standing with God, you living right and trying to do right, will help you have the confidence that you need to be the Christian that you need to be. To, uh, you know, uh, and the enemy wants to, to, to keep you from being confident. He brings the spirit of fear on you. That's what he wants to do. Fear robs you uh, and, and tries to prevent you from leading and being a Christian at your best. Ashley Evans wrote, The most destructive power of fear is found in its subtle ability to, to redirect the attention from God to something else. That's exactly what fear does. You're focused on God, and fear comes in, and you take your focus off of God and put it on something else, and fear comes in. There actually is a story in the Bible about that. Anybody know that story? Which one? Peter walking on water, right? He had focus on Jesus. Fear came in. He started looking to the side at the waves and the wind and the storm. It took, and then fear came in. And he started to drown, right? And so we got to understand that we give, up, we give up freedom in exchange for fear. We have all the freedom in the world but when we're focused on God. But we then that fear comes in and, 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 and redirects our thoughts. Fear binds us and makes us want control. Fear brings in and wants you to control something. And, and we prefer what we can control rather than the unknown. There was somebody on Facebook um, this week that was talking about some stuff, and they had some things going on in their life, and, and they were like, you know, uh, and they literally said, you know, I, ch I changed my hair color. They said, because I can control that. Because when, when things go bad in our life, that's what we do. We, what can I control? What, can I do? what do I have control of? Because I feel so out of control right now, right? But what we need is instead of trying to control stuff, we need to give up all control to Jesus and say, look, I need your peace. I need what only you can give. I can control this, but it's not going to give me any peace. It just makes me feel in control. But we just need to lose control and say, you know what, God? I give it all to you, all to you. You know, because whenever you want to control things, it gives you the, the illusion of power. But actually, it's actually captivity because we end up chained to this artificial authority. And that's not what it is in Christ. We don't need to do, have that in Christ. We need to just give it all up and say, God, I have confidence in you, and I'm walking in confidence and in authority, but I give up all control to you. Confidence is not saying that I'm in control. True Christian confidence is saying, I am in, I am in authority. I am in, right now in, in confidence because Christ is running the show so I can walk in authority. 
You know, whenever I was, I mentioned this before several times, when I was in the military, and I would go out, I weighed 135 pounds, and, and when I went places, I didn't worry, because I had people like that, about Jason's size walking around me, and I didn't worry about it. I was confident. Someone say, what'd you say? And I wasn't even worried about it. And I just stepped back, and the boys would handle it, you know. <laughs> they did, you know. They're, they're, you know. And you know, why? Because I was that cool, and they were like, no, he'll, he'll kill you, so I come step back. And they were ready for a bar fight all the time anyway. And they're like, man, they, you, they will break you in half, so just let me do this. I love to fight anyway, you know, so they, they did that. You know, but they roughened me up. They put me in there and shut the lights off and tackled me many times, tried to toughen me up. They said, boy, you're going to get killed in here. You need to toughen up some. <laughs> but Dan Reeland says there's four common fears that leaders face that hurt our confidence as Christians. The first one, everybody, if I said, what's going to hurt your, your confidence? Everybody's going to say in here, fear of failure. Fear of failure paralyzes your Christianity confidence. It can make you pull. If you start feeling failure, you'll pull back from your vision. You'll pull back from your dreams. You'll pull back from talking to people. You'll pull back from witnessing because you feel like if I go up there and I try and I fail then, and, I don't, and they don't accept Christ or whatever, then I am a failure. No, no. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Christ. It's not you. And God will give you the words. And even if you didn't do so well, it doesn't matter. They'll hear what God wants them to hear. If you're going in the name of Jesus and you're fumbling around and not doing the best, you don't worry about it because you think, man, if I recorded that, but here, but what they heard is not what you said. Why? Because it's your spirit talking to their spirit. And God will allow that to happen. So you, don't, you go in confidence and just try. Do your best and say, God, lead me. So don't, and so you'll pull back, but don't worry about it. Number two, fear of rejection. So many of us have fear of rejection, you know, because of the fact that someone don't like you, they have betrayed you or whatever, you know, and it, it causes you to pull back. And I understand that. Whenever someone betrays you, does you wrong, they hurt you, 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 have this, you just want to pull back away from it. And that's what fear does. And then fear of embarrassment. Nobody wants to be embarrassed. You know, and you feel like, I don't want to, you know, fear, you know, the enemy's going to say, if you go do that, if you go give your testimony, if you go share, if you go talk about this, or you go to a pastor and tell him that you're dealing with this or you're dealing with that, you're going to be so embarrassed. And that's what the enemy does. He plays on that to make you feel like you're going to be embarrassed, and you don't want to be embarrassed. Nobody does, right? And so, so that's what the enemy tries to do to us. And then, and then lastly, the fourth one is the fear of the unknown. Fear prevents you from moving forward, you know, and at all costs, you can't let fear stop you. We don't know what holds tomorrow, but we know who holds tomorrow, right? And so the fear of unknown, we got to quit going. We're so good as, as Christians to go down the path that we know to take. When God says, look, go down this other path, just trust me. But God, I don't know that path. Just trust me, you know. But we want to be in control, so we want to go down the path over here, you can walk confidently down a path you've never been down when Christ is beside you. You can be, but I won't be confident. No, you can. You can, because when you trust God, you can walk in confidence. So then I'll tell you, I, I want to tell you four steps. And on the fourth step, um, Nick can come up. But it says, uh, four steps to overcome fear and regain your Christian confidence. Number one, believe that God is in you. Believe that God is in you. When you are convinced that God is in you, even through the, the toughest circumstances, you know, fear begins to subside. Just like I said a while ago, when you realize that you have the same power that Jesus had, that he's been raised from the dead, that's in you, that should give you. You shouldn't worry. You should know all the time, every time, point of the day, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. Always. He's with you. We have to remember that. 
Joshua 1 and 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's always with you. When you well, I feel alone sometimes. I don't care. He's with you. You may not feel him, but he's there. You know, you know my wife's right there. I, I may not, she may not feel me touching her knowing that, but I'm here. I'm still here with her. I may be right here, but I'm still with her. And he's always within eyeshot. He's always with you. Number two, the second thing that will help you is to accept God's given authority to you. He's given you authority in Matthew 28, 18. He commissioned us to, to, to go. There's a scripture there. Let's see here. You got it up there? Um, the Great Commission. He commissions us to go and make disciples, right? To go into the highways and byways, to go out and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Here it is. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have given you all authority. And he gives us that same authority. I've given you all authority in heaven and in earth. So that's in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of, the, of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. He's given you authority. So walk in that authority. Be confident in that. And know that he has sent you with that authority. And number three, meditate on the truth of Scripture. God has given us his word to help us. And we need to meditate on that truth. That truth will help us. Confidence, whenever you, have, when you know the truth, you'll be more confident. And confidence suffocates fear. The enemy wants you to be insecure and fearful and doubt. And when you do that, all those things, insecurity, fear, and doubt, fuels your fear. But when you have confidence, it chokes out fear. Confidence chokes, because that's what confidence and fear, what it, I'm fearful or unconfident. It's almost like fearful and confidence are almost absolute opposites, right? Because confidence is, a, is this, you know. Fear, fearful is this. So, so you see, whenever you're confident, fear can't exist. You can't be confident and fearful. You have to walk and continue on. So these are some scriptures right here, just a few of them that I have that I want you to, to, to listen to. Psalms 27 and 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Why should I be afraid? God is the light of my salvation. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. And I give you that same power that I gave Jesus. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You're not going to fall because he will always catch you. For um, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid or fearful, but gives us power, love, and a sound mind or self-discipline. God doesn't give us that spirit of fear. So we need to stand tall and walk in confidence. And even though you can walk in confidence but know someone else is in control, that's okay. And number four, take action. The greatest antidote to fear is to take action. Because what does fear do? It, frees, it numbs you. It freezes you. It's what happens. You know, so when you get in fear, you just, you heard, you heard that, that, that word or that phrase, you know, frozen in fear. So what, what, what dispels fear? You're frozen, so take action. Go, move. Go through it. Fight through it. 2 Corinthians 1 and 12 says, We can say with confidence, with confidence and a clear conscience, that we have lived with a God-given holiness and the sincerity in all our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not because of our own human wisdom, 
That is how we've conducted ourselves before the world and especially towards you. He's talking to the, Paul's talking to the Corinthian church there. And he's saying that, look here, I have confidence and a clear conscience, not because I'm in control of everything, because God's in control, not out of my own human wisdom, but out of God's grace. I'm confident because of him, not because of myself. We don't, we don't do this, and we don't do this out of fear because religion um, provokes fear. That's, because, that's why we have anxiety, because religion provokes that fear. And we can do this out of confidence because we belong to Christ. And we want to become everything that Jesus had in mind for us from the very beginning of time. You've experienced the love of Jesus. He's given you a new identity. He's given you a new family. And He's given you a new eternity. Now, leave today and go out and live in confidence. Walk in confidence. Not in your own ability. There's a line between confidence and pride. Pride is the same thing, but what it is, it's the same thought process, but the thing is, is pride says I'm in control. Confidence says God's in control. So they appear to be the same. That's where your discerning of spirits takes place when you're with somebody. You're trying to decide they're confident, but who's in control? Because if somebody looks confident, don't mean that God's in control, even though they're a Christian. Because there's a lot of prideful Christians in this world, right? So we got, we got to know. Somebody say, true. Somebody, they hit somebody perfect, right? I love that. So, so but things is, so we got to walk with confidence. Keep your head up and know that God is in you. That same resurrection power that we talked about last week. And that's why I left this one more week. Just like I left the bag one more week to let you know that it's got to stay at the altar. I left this one more week because I want you to know he is still risen. Easter is not the only Sunday, Sunday that we need to celebrate. Because the, the, the resurrection power from him being risen goes with you every day. It's Easter every day in your heart. We've got to walk and talk in that and live and breathe in that. And we're going to continue to do that here. Bow your head close your eyes, please. Is there anybody here today that will say, Pastor, I need a resurrection power in me. I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I don't care if you're online. We love you. We, if you want to do that, you can, there, it keeps popping up there. If you have a prayer request or I'm new, you can certainly click that link and tell us you want to receive Christ. But if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to receive Christ and join the 14 other ones in the last couple of months that's decided, you know what, things are getting bad and I need to change. And you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you receive Christ today? Would you just lift your hand up? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. Would you receive Christ today? Just raise your hand. Say, I want to receive Christ. I want to be saved today. Amen. Anybody? Really quickly. Amen. Who would say, Pastor Doug, pray for me that um, I could be more confident in Christ. I'm a Christian, but I just don't have the confidence that I feel like I should have in Him, the boldness that I should have. And I want more confidence as a Christian to witness, to be a better Christian, to do things that God wants me to do, that, that the fears uh, grips me sometimes. And I just want to be, be more confident in my Christian walk. Does anybody have that? Yes, yes, yes. All the, yeah, hands everywhere. Yeah, praise God for that. Amen. Help us, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Help us to be more confident in you. Help us to understand that life-giving power, that resurrection power that we have, in our, that you had, Jesus raised from the dead, is the same that we have in us every single day. Help us to use that authority and boldness, God. 
at, at, but you still have the helm. You still drive, drive the vehicle, Father. We're sitting there, but we're walking around in confidence because you're the one driving, and we know where we're going. We know we're on our way to heaven. Thank you, Father. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. We honor you. Every, every person to raise our hand, make them more confident today. Let them walk in the authority of confidence as a Christian so we can change our world and especially change our community. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. You're a big deal to me and a bigger deal to God.